Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 455, and today I'll be talking about two clown noses from Bee and Puppy Cat. I'm GC13. And I'm David. It's so nice to be back at Bee and Puppy Cat after more than a month and a half away, and this was such a sweetheart of an episode to come back to. <laughs> I I was very happy that we came back on something pleasant and yet still, you know, a little bit Maybe not challenging for the viewer, but a little something to mull over. B having past recent relationships with with the wizards, romantic even. Or were you expecting Crispin of all the wizards to be the one that B had apparently, you know, had as a living boyfriend at one point? Uh, I don't know. That's not the impression that I get. I feel like he was just living there and crashing with her. And when she was, like, getting all close to him to take the birthday cake off of his face, that, like, I don't know, it's like he was reminded that, wow, I like her. It's, it is ambiguous. My interpretation is that, like, from that scene, they, because, you know, B's in a lot of turmoil and she reveals it to Crispin in that, in that flashback, right, and shows him that she's, like, very literally conflicted because she has somehow which we've seen before, these multiple personalities. <laughs> and she has these literal parts to her that are these living things with faces. Faces that Tempbot might find attractive, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> due to their simple nature, as B discovers in this episode. But, uh, you know, I would assume that she would be in turmoil because, you know, why is Crispin leaving? If he was just casually living there and then just casually deciding not to live there anymore, I don't know. That doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like he'd be living there because they were pursuing a relationship. Plus, he had a bunch of, you know, photos of them together on his phone. So it seems like they tried it on for a while. And then for whatever reason, it didn't work out. One of the reasons seems to be that B is just weird emotionally. She doesn't express everything she's feeling inside. She can literally show it to you, but she acts so you know, happy all the time anyway, or just she's always trying to smooth things over and make things not seem awkward, which in the process usually makes them, at least for the viewer, seem more awkward. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good interpretation. I, I was wondering about the, you know, are you at least a little sad kind of attitude from him? Right. B doesn't know how to handle that. <laughs> she just, She's like, well, my emotional signal processors are saying I'm sad. But I, I, it's not that she's not vulnerable. It's just that she, I, I would interpret it as that she always just wants things to work out, right? Her desire to be happy and for everyone to just be able to be chill and hang out with each other and have fun. You know, that's kind of what causes her to be a little bit of a gremlin, <laughs> a little bit irresponsible <laughs> with money and food. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't have to be because she's going to live forever. So... There's kind of that, and, and she's a robot. She doesn't have to care about all these human pieces anymore. So that, that just complicates this, you know, romantic picture a lot. Also, she kind of watches garbage TV, although I doubt that's the reason why he left. I just thought it was adorable, the the way he was, like, crushing on her when she showed up. I, it is very nice that B could just kind of stumble in again. Right. <laughs> and say, hey, I was thinking of you. And he could just be genuinely touched by that. This is a very nice date. Like, despite the little bit of sadness they showed in the flashback, 
I like that, you know, this is really just giving Crispin, first of all, a moment in the sun, because we've, you know, certainly seen him repairing things before, but now we get to understand, like, why he loves clowns, and also give him a moment to just, like, relax, because very little happens, <laughs> mostly during <laughs> during the runtime, right? They just hang out in Clown Planet, and, like, that's that's great for them. And they slide out of the clown's butt with the explosion, like the giant toot. Yep, the clown theme is... I, I thought in that moment, are clowns actually known for their potty humor? I don't know. No. I, don't, I, I feel like maybe that's breaking a little bit in theme, but it's in theme for being Puppycat. Very. I, I loved the line, you know, with, thanks to my modifications, this thing can comfortably seat 30 clowns. <laughs> 35 if they really like each other. Yeah, Crispin has been around too many clowns for too long, clearly. Hey, it's given him great art. He's had uh, definitely a unique experience in his life. Yeah, it does make you think for a second where the wizard family parent parents were. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> at the time he ran away and afterward. Like we had one son run away to join the circus, another son go off to doctor school, but do abysmally. We had a daughter who was part of a wrestling cult for who knows how long. It's suspicious. Yeah, it's very strange parenting. It's not an Ed, Ed and Eddie situation, though. There are adults on this island. There are children with parents. But it is mysterious. It is a mysterious mystery of strange mystery. <laughs> yeah. It's about on the same level as Invader Sim <laughs> of like, yeah. will I know what's going on? <laughs> I I loved the gremlin nature of Puppy Cat in this episode, though. I don't like being alone when I'm sick, you know, because you can't spread the virus that way. Being around other people is how you spread it. So he hates being alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the virus talking. He, he is the virus, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Puppy Cat, what are his motivations? He's, yeah, he, he just doesn't care at this point. He's sick and he wants to, well, does he even want to cause havoc? He seems to be completely dazed, and apparently that's confirmed at the end, because he says he doesn't remember the past two days. And then he maybe <laughs> sneezes, farts, I don't know, some weird magic sound happens where he shudders, and I can't quite tell what exactly it is. Yeah, I didn't get that myself either. In a, in either way, I think that was him somehow getting over the loss of the disease. But I think that it was interesting that they did want to bring Puppy Cat along for this adventure, but the writers thought they needed to incapacitate him in some way <laughs> in order for him not to get too in the way of romantic things. <laughs> oh yeah, he would He would 100% try to spoil that date if he thought that Crispin was trying to take B away from him. Exactly. So instead of having any, instead of having to focus on that dynamic, they could just focus on, ha ha, let's watch Crispin and B avoid Puppy Cat's weird pink slime snot. <laughs> it looks pretty because it's pink, but it's actually snot, so don't <laughs> let it touch you. <laughs> uh, B is very, very good. Now, I liked hearing Ashley Birch as Cass in this episode, because while we were off not doing being puppy cat you know we had to get the owl house done but i watched a fair amount of final spaces second season where uh, ashley birch voices a side character now so that was cool that is cool 
her voice is it kind of reminds me like it's distinct enough like who plays Amethyst in Steven Universe, where every time you hear it, you're like, oh, that's going to be the character that I remember <laughs> from this show. So it's interesting when they keep popping up and you're like, it, it almost feels like it's not the same character, but you can feel that spirit <laughs> continue in different places. I don't know. Some voice actors like being prided on never being recognized, right? They can just do a million voices, yeah. but I kind of like it when someone's natural voice, I don't know, or somewhat natural voice works out. It takes all kinds. I love the ending of this episode, though, where um, after they finished blowing up all their balloons, they formed that poodle and uh, walked away. <laughs> you thought for sure that the those hands were coming to get them. Keep forgetting they're not. Are they warlocks? I think that's what they're called, at least in the closed captions. I don't think anyone's been able to say that yet because no one has directly met the warlocks and I don't think they greet each other as warlock, <laughs> you know, warlock one, warlock two. Although I think the credits call them that. The bad dudes with the lady hands didn't show up and that was that was good. I, we didn't need them spoiling this perfect date. Yeah. In classic bee and puppycat fashion, though, I'm not remembering that this date goes beyond this episode like if there's any knowing uh winks or nods or glances between them again i guess we'll be on the lookout but i feel like this is just a small ship they introduce and it's cute but there's not you know too much substance to it so you don't know where it's gonna go if it has anywhere to go clearly crispin is invested in this thing He's he's more traditional, though, right? Like, or at least for me, I kind of understand him more, right? Seeing his phone, seeing the way that he, you know, reacts to B. He just seems like he's more emotionally staked. And B's kind of just like, whatever, man, let's do it. Oh, you want to call it a date? Sure, heck yeah. I'm not going to process my own <laughs> emotions or <laughs> thoughts about this. Sure, let's just do it. Well, he he learns a very valuable lesson. He learns how good it feels to have someone who just wants to hang out with him because it's him. And I guess Cass and the others are going to have to kind of process how they feel about having 10 years of not being able to do that. Poor Cass really did mean the best. I, I like how they just break it down, you know, between the two of them in that conversation. And Cass says, well, I guess we're doing both. But now both meaning, you know, trying to yep. have celebrate his birthday for him and also because maybe they think he'll feel upset about it that that's a that's a weird you know mature lesson to learn like how do you separate those things because you do sometimes innately kind of want to manage someone else's emotional state or support someone for a specific reason but it's hard to always separate yourself from that and just live in the moment which is something b is extremely good at but it's hard to be extremely good at it without being too much like B, <laughs> right? Like there's yeah. some kind of balance between, you know, almost seeing too short-sighted and, you know, if we were all robots that could eat out of toilets, then maybe it would be, you know, a better way to live. But we have to live somewhere in between. Speaking of eating out of the toilet, they only gave Puppy Cat one dropper of soup. <laughs> and not not even i was wondering how long they were going to hold that out because the scene lasts for a while you know or they really hold on drip 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 yeah. drip 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 and they do that three times and i thought they were going to go a fourth time of a trio of drips and then they you know finally <laughs> change the camera and cut away from that 
So I was almost like, oh, if they had a little more time in the episode, we would have just kept watching the soup drips. <laughs> we could see the one vial go in. I wouldn't have complained about them doing a little bit more time on the drip, 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 although they would probably have to take the time away from Cass forcing Toast to blow up that balloon. And oh my gosh. I thought that was really funny. So I guess I understand why they did not want to make the cut. Yeah, excellent trade off. Well, the best thing is her saying, Toast <laughs> in between coughs, saying, like, I'm not helping you <laughs> as, the, as she's actively blowing up the balloon. Do you think Toast was telling the truth about the way she and her hobo friends celebrate her birthday? Well, I believe that if she has other friends, they are, in her own words, hobos. Uh, this seems pretty in line with her to dig a hole. I guess the question is just, well, I definitely don't think anyone dies <laughs> every time they celebrate their birthday. Because it seems like she just dug a grave for whoever dies during her party. Yep. Mm, I don't know. It's about as likely as the idea that she has magic powers that come from a demon. Yeah, she makes sacrifices to dark gods who give her her unholy strength. <laughs> yeah. Plus two, plus one. If you know, you know. It is nice that she's not a complete jerk to Crispin, though. She still doesn't actively sabotage it. Although I say that and I'm remembering she wasn't trying to hold back her coughing. Uh, the only other, I mean, we mentioned it, but I... I like that Tempbot's main character trait that they're developing is figuring out what exactly Tempbot is into. So we've already seen Tempbot fall in love with a phone, but it's not just random faceless electronics. It, it can also be weird clown heads that Crispin is suffocating on because Beast, for some reason, well, I thought she was hiding from him how they get into temp space and all the magic, but I think she was just trying to make it a pleasant surprise, probably, and accidentally made it more like a kidnapping because she, you know, <laughs> so put clown noses in his ears. But it, it, it was funny to watch B mime, you know, making the face <laughs> at Puppy Cat to say like, yeah, I think I know smile. Tempbot's uh, type now. <laughs> it's a smile. Smiley. I love the end where they're uh, standing there after, you know, after they get back and they're standing out looking out in the water and he's just looking at her, you know, she's looking out into the ocean and he's looking at her and it's like, <laughs> you know, you've seen this shot a million times and that cuts cuts to her and she's got this bored looking face and she's picking her nose, but he's not <laughs> seeing any of that. He's just seeing pretty girl looking out at the ocean, you know? Wait, in that, yeah, that, wait, that's at the end, right? Because weren't they standing in front of the water with him wearing that? ridiculous mask thing so he could see nothing he he took it off he took it off oh, okay um at the end <laughs> but yep b is b is not elegant she is not ladylike but she knows birthday cake when she tastes it actually when she sees it <laughs> sees and tastes like it tastes like birthday cake are we concerned by the way that crispin just keeps a bat in his <laughs> van all the time and t <laughs> like uses it to immediately solve anything he's frustrated with. I'm going to attack my siblings now. <laughs> it's not very clown-like behavior. Yeah, you'd figure a clown would be pretty comfortable with a surprise party. <laughs> I mean, they would be more used to throwing one, but, you know, having lived with clowns, you know, this has to be an experience he's had an awful lot. Do you, do you think the deep lore, because I'm, I'm thinking through what exactly he gained from all his time with clowns, clearly an appreciation for them but do you think he got the mechanical skills as well directly from working on 
the clown cars. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense because he, he was building a souped up clown car for him right there. Right. I mean, I wonder, you know, he was saying, oh, this could fit so many clowns, which is funny. But also, maybe he legitimately sometimes gives things to clowns. I mean, you got to think that he connects with these people sometimes and didn't just leave them all behind. They have phones. Mm. They can text each other. That's true. I mean, hmm. no, I guess it's only big feet clowns have. They could they could text with ordinary phones. <laughs> Are you thinking would they need giant phones because maybe they have giant hands? Yeah, no, the gloves might make it a little harder, but no, their their hands are ordinary. <laughs> you know, they got to get you with their uh, little uh, their uh, little flowers with the water squirters in them. <laughs> Can't put those on with giant hands. <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, this is a this ship has my blessing. And if they were to if they were to carry this on in season two, I would approve. Mm, were you ever? Did you even feel in the first few episodes that there was a budding Deckard and B relationship, or did that pretty much get canceled for you the moment you saw that B used to take care of Deckard as a little baby? I don't know. They they always seemed um, quite clearly in the platonic friends category, so I don't think there's much to quash there. Yeah. It's interesting because that's probably how it was set up in the original YouTube shorts. But when I watched it, I definitely viewed it through the lens of the cliche. Well, if there's a boy and girl main character, then obviously they're going to be together. So (laughs) I guess this episode helps redirect away from that and say like, no, that guy just has a brother. And also Deckard's at school for the whole season. So what do you want from us? (laughs) And he has to learn how to bake a cake. Right. Toast will definitely eat it. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to end an episode. Thank God we have something better than freaking Toast and Merlin to, to root for now. Because there really hasn't been anything else. Yeah, that is that is an awful, awful ship. <laughs> I mean, I guess we haven't seen... He's not suffering that much, but Merlin's definitely just being drug along. <laughs> and that needs to stop. Like, Toast... Are you really just using this pregnancy to try to get it cast? Because, I mean, it's working, but is it even working well enough to be worth it? I I, I don't think so. That baby is going to come out of the womb and hit someone with a suplex. <laughs> it definitely won't be a doctor. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Could be a clown, though. You know, uncle is a bad influence. Oh, God. Yeah, who's going to raise this kid? It can't be either of the parents. Yeah, the parents are utterly irresponsible. I think I think you have to adopt it out to being Crispin. Yeah, that's the only reason. I can't believe that's the most reasonable choice. I hope Crispin has a little more responsibility than B. Although she's managed to take care of Puppy Cat, who definitely needs it. True, true. She's demonstrated good parenting skills with Puppy Cat. Although... I can't help but think of when Rose was watching Sour Cream that one time in Steven Universe. Like, you know the kid would end up on top of a Ferris wheel somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, B has a lot of similarities where she'd be like, human child, we can do whatever with this. But maybe not as naive. (laughs) Maybe not. The baby could end up in the toilet. You gotta watch out for that. (laughs) Well, not as long as she keeps it well stocked with food. Now, the pantry is another matter. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, we need an episode of Being Puppy Cat, like the 
Steven Universe episode where the description was just, you know, we see inside Steven's bathroom. What is inside B's cabinet? You know? (laughs) (laughs) That would be an exciting episode description. Uh, Knowing B, it's probably a portal to another planet in another dimension. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Two Clown Noses. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>